0: The Sermon on the Mount. And really, the Sermon on the Mount is, is, is really Jesus' kind of message to the disciples of really the lifestyle of what it means to follow Christ. And so, uh, he's telling them what it's going to take for them to be quality, good followers of Jesus Christ. And then, chapter eight, he goes out into his ministry. And let me just quickly show you how he fought, how these verses reveal he was a healing Jesus everywhere he went. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1 through 4, he cleansed and healed the leper. Matthew 8, 5 through 13, he healed the centurion's paralyzed servant. Matthew eight fourteen, he healed Peter's mother-in-law of a fever. That's kind of one of my favorite ones because as soon as she got healed, she got up and made him a sandwich. Thank God for Peter's mother-in-law. Amen. They need to be healed because they need to make a sandwich for somebody. Amen. And then Matthew 8, verse 16 and 17, he healed and delivered many, it says. There was just a lot of people got the healing of God. Matthew 8, 28 through 34, he healed two demon-possessed men and delivered them. Then we move into Matthew chapter 9, verse 1 through 8, he healed a paralytic Matthew 9, 18-26, on his way to raise a girl from the dead, if you remember this story, the woman with the issue of blood said, If I can only touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. She reached out and touched him and was supernaturally healed by the power of Almighty God. And then Matthew 9, 27-31, he healed two men of blindness. And then Matthew 9, 32-34, just prior to the verses I read to you just a moment ago, He healed and delivered a mute man who was demon-possessed. Everyone say, he's a healing Jesus. And then he says and shares these verses, and I want to share them with you again. But I want you to look and catch something, because we're talking about our miracle model. He shares these verses, Matthew does, in verse 35 through 37 that I just read. And then in chapter 10, he does this. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him... He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. And then if you drop down to verse 6 and 7, read the red. Jesus said, go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. You see, what we see about the healing ministry of Jesus, it wasn't just about being healed. It was about being, moving beyond your own moment and realizing that God wants to raise us up. He wants us to follow the miracle model and become uh, Christ to the world, if you will, with the healing power of God flowing through our lives to a world that so desperately needs Him. If you look back to Matthew 9, I want to take this apart for you for just a few moments. And in just a moment, we're going to, when we're done, we're going to pray for the healing of God in our own lives, in our families. And I really believe God is a God of, uh, of healing. How many of you know He still heals today? Amen. Not just our bodies, but He heals our minds, our souls, our emotions, our families. Today, I have an expectation that the healing anointing of God is right here in our midst. So we see and we look at this model that Jesus gave us. What we see in Matthew chapter 9 verse 35 is that Jesus, the one we follow, he was on point with the right mission. He had a mission from God. He had a purpose to fulfill. Verse 5 says Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. My friend, understands understand something about the ministry of Jesus through you and my, through our lives. It's not just about us, it's about others. And he went throughout all the regions. And how many of you know he's got the whole world in his hands? Amen. In fact, that mission that Jesus came to fulfill as he was going into all the villages and all the cities is the same mission that you and I carry. Because if you remember anything about the last words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 28, he told his disciples, we call it the Great Commission. And he said this, he said, Go into all the world. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. You see, we have the same mission that Jesus has. Jesus went into all the cities and the villages that he could go into. But then when he went back to the Father, he gave us that commission. He gave us that vision. He gave us that responsibility to bring Christ to a world that is so desperately in need. I want to ask you today if, you're, if you in your life and your family are on point with the right mission. What's the mission of your family? What's the purpose of your family? Why are you here today? You know, I thank God for the things that we do and how we live and move and have our being. And, you know, God's given us grace and strength. You know, I think Emmanuel, he's hes going to cook the crawfish. But how many of you know God's purpose over Emmanuel is not crawfish? Come on, how many of you know there's a higher level of living? And God's called us all to go into our world and bring that message and that gospel, the Great Commission. We have a mission to fulfill. You see, God's healed you to fulfill a mission that he has for you. God placed you here with a purpose. He placed moms with a purpose. He placed dads with a purpose. Teenagers and children together. We have a mission. Jesus was on point with the right mission. Number two, I see in these verses that not only was Jesus on point with the right mission, but he was on point with the right message. He had a message that was burning in his heart, the message of God for his life. And that message is found in verse 35 where it says, He went preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Did you see the twofold purpose there? You know, as he was healing, what released that healing was the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody say the gospel the good news. My friend understands something. It's all about the good news. And G- some people kind of tend to think that Jesus just kind of tiptoed through the tulips and heal people and fed people but I'm telling you I got a feeling my Jesus was a preacher of preachers I got a feeling he would get up under the anointing of the Holy Ghost in front of those people and began to declare the unadulterated gospel the good news of the kingdom to those who would hear him And understand something if we're going to make a difference in the world not only do we have to uh, uh, be on point with the right mission to bring uh, to to go into all the world but we've got to have our message down how many of you know if you don't have the message it doesn't matter where you go you've got to have the message he was preaching the gospel of the kingdom in fact if you remember in luke chapter 4 when Jesus walked into the temple that day, he picked up the, the scriptures. He picked up Isaiah and he began to quote. And he quoted a prophetic insight about his own life. And Luke 4, 18, it says this. Jesus picked it up and he read from Isaiah. And it said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. How many of you know we have that same anointing on our life? We have that same calling on our life. We've got a, not only a mission to go into all the world. You know, we do great things around the world. We help you. You saw the, uh, our African missionaries. We bless missions, uh, missionaries around the world, and they, they help people in need. They bring food and, and water and, and all kinds of needs. But how many of you know that's just the inroad for the message? We don't go just to help them put shoes on their feet and clothes on their back and food in their bellies. We do that because Jesus taught us to. But it's about the message. And we have a message and it's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. That all of us have a responsibility to share. In fact, Jesus said this in Matthew 16. He told us, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. I want to ask you something today. Do you know the gospel? Do you have the gospel in your heart? Do your children know the gospel? If someone were to ask you, what is the gospel? In fact, just turn around and ask two or three people, what is the gospel? What is the gospel? Well, I'm glad you ask. Say, I'm glad you ask. Paul the Apostle said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the first four and five, uh, the first five verses. He basically says this. Let me turn there. I want to read it in detail for you because he answers the question of the gospel. This is the message that God has given us all to share around the world and in the world that God has given us. We have a message. Somebody say, we've got a message. We've got a mission to go into all the world and make disciples, but we've got to get the message. And he says this, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel. Somebody say the gospel. And how many of you know what the gospel means? It is the good news. I got some good news. How many of you could use some good news? He says, this gospel which I preach to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered you first of all that which I also received. And here's the gospel. Here it is, that Christ died for our sins. Somebody say that with me. Christ died for our sins. Understand something, until that time, the sins of the people had to continually be covered by the blood of bulls and goats. But the Bible teaches us that once and for all and forevermore, there was one final sacrifice and his name was Jesus. And he came to planet earth, not just to live and to heal and to touch, but to die for our sins, he paid for the sins of all humanity on Calvary's cross. Somebody say amen. What is the gospel? The first thought, the first the, the first revelation uh, uh, understanding is that Christ came to pay the price for your sin. For the Bible says we've all sinned. In fact, The prophet Isaiah said, we all, like sheep, have gone astray, and all of us have turned to our own ways. And the Lord laid on him, or God laid on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Somebody say amen. He died for our sins. But not only did he die for our sins, but he was buried in in the borrowed tomb. A lot of people miss that. How many of you know there's a burial time? In fact, the Bible says baptism is a picture of the burial. We're buried with Him through baptism. Raised to walk in newness of life. In the third part, here's what Paul said. He said, Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Someone say according to the Scriptures. You see, all throughout scripture, did you know all the Old Testament is, is a sign and a, and a shadow to the moment of the gospel realization on Easter Sunday morning? In fact, someone said it this way, the the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And let me ask you, do you know the gospel? Have you got this down in your heart? Do your children know the gospel? Listen, parents, I want to ask you. you got to teach your kids the gospel. This is the message that God has given us. Hey, we might get a little part of the message and we forget about the message. Here's a little part of the message. God loves you but that's just a part of the message. And we teach our children little parts of the message. Well, God loves all the little children, red and yellow, black and white. They're all precious in his sight. That's wonderful. But understand something. The gospel has a message of Christ dying for our sins. Unless our children get that, they've got nothing. And they've got to know that he was buried in a borrowed tomb. And three days later, he rose again so they too could have newness of life. That's the power of the gospel. Jesus came and he was on point with his mission. He he was on point with his message. How about you and me? Are we on point with the message that God has given us to give a world? Because what did he tell his disciples there in Matthew 10? He said, "You go heal them. You, he gave them authority over demons. And he said, "Preach the message of the kingdom." Amen. Jesus, our model of healing. He was on point with his mission. He was on point with his message, but number three, he was on point. With his motive. What was his motive? Well, it's found in verse 35 and 36. It says, Jesus was moved with compassion. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. Because they were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. That, that weary means harassed. They were harassed and scattered. Jesus saw the multitudes and He was moved with compassion for them. He had the right motive in His life. Understand something about the motive of Jesus. His motive is always about others. Everybody say, about others. You see, the motive behind the mission To go into all the world and the motive behind the message of the gospel of the kingdom is not about us. It's about others. God cares about others. Today we honor our mothers, but how many of you know God cares about everybody? Amen. His motive is others and and understand something. If we say we are born again, if we say we've been saved, if we say we love Jesus and we say we are his children, understand. We have the responsibility to have that same uh, mission to go into the world that God has placed us in. We have that same responsibility to carry the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to a world that is lost and without Him. Do you understand we live in a world that is lost and without Christ? and We have the message. But it does us no good if we don't have the right motive. And that is that we are compassionately concerned About a world that is lost and without Christ. That is harassed by the enemy. That is wandering aimlessly in life without direction and vision and no hope for the future. On their way to a devil's hell in a hurry, Jesus modeled for us his healing ministry. He was on point with the right mission. He was on point with the right message. And he was on point with the right... Motive. He cares for others. Aren't you glad he cared for you? I said, Aren't you glad he cared for you? And not only that he cared for you, he cares for you. And he cares for those who have yet to name the name. Let me just say, he cares for others. Number one, we see in these verses, he cares about the hurting. Verse 35, he preached the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. He cares about the hurts of your life. And all this world is, how many of you know we live in a cruel world? You know, I have people that that, that, they look to the, they, they don't get a good picture of Jesus and they look at hurting people and they say this, they say, well, if God's a God of love, why has he allowed all this? Why did he allow those little girls in Africa to be kidnapped. If God loves everybody. What? Hey, we live in a world of sin. We, we live in a world where people are hurting. This is not heaven. Somebody say, this is not heaven. I'm on my way to heaven, but this is not heaven. You see, understand something. God has given us the capacity to choose. And some people choose, make wrong choices. They listen to wrong voices and they make wrong choices. But understand Jesus came and his, his mission and his his uh, message and his uh, motive was all about helping the hurting people of the world. And he wants us to bring him to those who are hurting. You may be hurting today. You may have something that you need healing from. It may not be your body. Listen, in the wor- this old cruel world we live in, there's a lot of hurting people. Families splintered and broken. Traumatized. People hurting emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, Jesus cares about the hurting. And if you're hurting today, He cares about your hurts. Number two, as you see in this passage of Scripture, He not only cares about the hurting, but He cares about the helpless. Verse 36, he looked at the the multitudes and they were like sheep scattered. They were harassed and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. They were helpless. How many of you know sheep have no hope without a shepherd? And Jesus looked at them and he said they've been harassed. They're scattered like sheep who have no shepherd. Here's what I love about Jesus. How many of you know Jesus was transformed in the tomb? The Bible says, catch this. In fact, Isaiah 53 says this, that, that uh, he, he was the sacrifice lamb. He was the lamb that was slain. Are you with me? Jesus went into the tomb. Catch this. Everybody look up. Make sure you hear. Uh, give your neighbor one of these. Hey, wake up. You got to catch this part. Jesus went into the tomb as the sacrificial lamb that was slain for the sins of the whole world. But you know What happened? On the third day, he rose again as the great shepherd of the sheep. What a transformation. He's the chief shepherd. The Bible says, and the chief shepherd shall appear, but understand something. The healer is here and the chief shepherd. And oh, if we had time, we could talk about how the shepherd tends to the sheep and how he makes sure the sheep are are in good health and how he tends to their every need. And even, oh, I wish we had time to talk about how if you want to get gross a little bit, the the shepherd knows how to put the oil and the salve around the sheep's uh, nasal cavity so the blowflies don't take up residence in the sheep's little brain. And cause them to go crazy. The shepherd of the sheep, he'll do whatever it takes to make sure that you're not helpless. That he's there. He said, I'm the good shepherd. Somebody say he's a good shepherd. He cares about the hurting. He cares about the helpless. Those that are wandering aimlessly in life like sheep having no shepherd. But number three, he cares about the harvest. About those who have yet to name the name of Christ. Because he tells his disciples, he said to them, the harvest truly is plentiful. But the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest. By the way, that was him. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. He was teaching his disciples to get connected with the heartbeat of God and the cares that God has. God, Jesus, cares about the hurting. He cares about the helpless. And he cares about the harvest. About those who have yet to name the name of Christ. He cares about you. This is the motive of Jesus. He cares for you. He cares about your hurts. He cares about the helpless moments of your life. And understand, no matter how big and macho we may think we are, there comes times in our life when we realize without Him, we are helpless and hopeless. And right now, Jesus, as He said in another passage, the fields are white unto harvest. Lift up your eyes and look. What about you today? Do you have the heartbeat of Jesus? Have you followed the model of the healing Jesus who cares enough to heal our hurts, who cares enough to help us in our helpless moments, and cares enough to realize that, hey, it's not just about us getting healed and helped. It's about the harvest. In fact, understand, if you, if you sit here today and you've experienced his healing power he's comforted you and helped you and guided you and directed you it's not just about you it's about the harvest then he turned to his disciples in Matthew 10 and said hey I give you authority get out into the harvest field bring this healing Jesus to a world that is so desperately in need of him this morning, right now, Mother's Day. Everybody say it's Mother's Day. Oh, Mother's Day, the healer is here. He's here to heal us. He's here to help us. He's here to, to pick us up and dust us off and put us back in the race called life. If you need healing in your body, the healer's here. If you need healing in your heart, if you're brokenhearted, and oh, you know, Mother's Day, I'm telling you, if, 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 and we all suffer heartaches, but it seems like mothers, they're just out there on the front lines and their hearts get broken over and over. You may be a mother here and you need a healing in your heart. The healer is here. Somebody say, the healer is here. You may need a healing in your family. Listen, I've seen Jesus put back marriages. I've seen Jesus heal teenagers. I've seen Jesus heal the family. The healer. Somebody say the healer's here. If you need a healing in your mind, listen. The Bible talks about the enemy setting up castles and and strongholds in our mind. Jesus is here to heal and to help us. Heal our minds and give us the new thoughts which those new thoughts will give us new direction and new destiny in our life. Somebody else say, the healer's here. If you need healing in your emotions, whatever you need, the healer is here. In fact, Matthew knew exactly where he was going when he started under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He started accounting as I went through with you after the Sermon on the Mount, all the things that Jesus did to heal people. in verse 8, pardon me, verse 17 of chapter 8, he said he did all this that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And if you know, as I read for you just a few moments ago, it says by his stripes, we not will be healed, but we are healed. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning and I'm going to ask you to open up your hearts to the word of the Lord and to the ministry of the Holy Spirit today. Father, we come before you and we thank you, Lord, that you're a healer today, that you heal us and help us. You'll show us your way. And Lord, we pray today over anyone who needs healing in whatever area today that you would reach out and touch them in a very special, very real way. We thank you for it. And With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you can just say, Pastor Sam, I need a healing in my life. You need to be healed in your body or healed in your family, if you need the touch of God the healer's here if that's you today wherever you are and you can say pastor I need some healing in my life and my family lift your hand wherever you are with every head bowed and every eye closed if you need healing lift your hand up say that's me Now that you've lifted your hand I'm going to ask you to come join me in the altar We're going to pray together We're going to ask the healing Jesus To come and heal us Come on, if you lifted your hand And even if you didn't lift your hand Even if you didn't lift your hand And you say, this is me, this is what I need Come on, God's a God of healing Somebody here that's broken hearted You need your heart Touched by the healer Somebody else, come on God's a God of healing. Now I'm going to ask some of our prayer team. You see some of these that are here? I'm going to ask some of our prayer team, Josh and others, just come and just kind of stand behind them and just touch them and just let them know that you're agreeing with them in prayer today. Come on, Glenn. Amen. Come on. Father, today I think I want everyone to lift your hands towards these that are here this, this morning. I want everybody to join in and let's just declare the healing power of God. Father, we thank you that you're a healing Jesus. We thank You, Lord, that You went about healing them of all their sicknesses and infirmities. And, Lord God, You gave us that same commission and that same calling and that same mission and, ma- and, and ministry and mindset and motivation. Lord, today we stand together with these that are here. Lord God, and we declare that You're a healing Jesus. I want everybody in this altar to begin to thank Him that He's a healing Jesus today. Lord, I thank You. Lord, I thank You that You're healing every heart, every family, every circumstance, every situation Lord I thank you for it in the name of Jesus come on people lift up your faith for these that are here today Lord in Jesus name we thank you that you're a healer Lord you'll heal us Lord God you'll heal our our circumstances our families Lord the situations of our life our bodies Lord our minds Lord thank you Lord that you're a healing Jesus thank you Lord that you're a healing Jesus I want everybody to begin to release faith in this house today. And begin to say, thank you, Jesus, that you're a God of healing. Thank you, Lord, that you're a God of healing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, Lord. we receive it. I want everyone in this altar and all over this sanctuary just to begin to thank God that he's a God of miracles and a God of healing, that he cares about the hurting. He cares about the helpless and the hopeless. He cares about the harvest today. Lord, I thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. And we just give these opportunity here this morning to receive what they have, what they need from you, Lord. We just just ask you to just pour out upon them your healing balm today. In Jesus' name I pray. And while they're being ministered to this morning, again with every head bowed and every eye closed, I would be a remiss. If I didn't ask you today, if you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, what a great day to just say, I want to just follow Jesus. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're hearing you say, Pastor, I just want to follow him. I've never given my life to him. And today I'll pray and I'll I'll begin a journey of following after Jesus. I want him in my heart. I need the healer in my heart. If that's you today, lift your hand wherever you may be. I want to pray with you today. You say, I'm just not sure if Jesus is the Lord of my life. I don't know if he's ever really been allowed to be, be given liberty in my life. If that's you, just wave your hand at me and I'll pray for you. Anyone here? Amen. I want everyone to pray this prayer with me. And let's agree together for those that are here that need Jesus in their life. Everyone pray together out loud, including you here in the altar. Let's, Because, hey, God said, hey, let's be concerned about the harvest. Let's pray together. Everyone out loud say, thank you, Lord Jesus, for the good news. That you died for me and you died for my sins. Thank you for paying for my sins on the cross. Thank you for paying for my sins on the cross. I receive that today. I believe that today. And I thank you that you were buried in a borrowed tomb. But three days later you rose again. Thank you for rising from the dead so i could have new life i believe that today i receive that today i receive the good news and i invite you into my life to be the lord and the leader of my life from this day forward i will serve you in jesus name and everybody said amen let's give the healer and the helper a great big god bless you let him know we love him thank you jesus thank you jesus we love you today, Lord. I want everyone to just tell, tell the Lord you love him. Lord, I love you today. And let's thank him that he healed us. I want everybody in this house, hey, I'm going to just, I'm going to be brave. Let's all lift our hands and just say, Lord, thank you for healing us and helping us. Thank you, Lord. And now, God, give us your heart for the harvest. We pray for laborers in the harvest this week. We pray for laborers. Lord, we pray you'd use us in the harvest this week. Lord, let the harvest begin to come because people need a healing. People need a help, Lord God. They're wandering aimlessly like sheep without a shepherd. Lord, give us, give us your heart so we could give them your heart. In Jesus' name. And everybody say, say amen.